Hey everyone and welcome back to another episode of the Crowd Noise Podcast. I am your host, Stephen Martinez, on a Thursday, December 19th, 2019. Less than one week away from Christmas Day. I cannot wait. I don't know how many weeks in a row now I've done this whole holiday spiel about how much I love the holidays and I'm excited for New Year's as well. Um, But I am. I buy into the whole holly jolly nonsense. It is kind of nonsense. It is a little bit uh, campy, but I myself am a little bit campy as a human being. So I do get into the holiday spirit. Uh, It does kind of cheer me up a little bit. I, I do buy into that whole mess. So, I mean, you can feel whatever way you want. Me personally, I, I, I like to enjoy things. So I do get excited uh, for the Christmas season, but not just because there's giving presents and receiving presents. Um, we are getting, we are all getting perhaps the greatest gift this season, and it will not be found under the tree. It will be found mounted on your wall potentially or in the corner of your living room in your television set we do get lakers clippers christmas day i don't know what you could possibly ask for what more could you possibly want on christmas day than at eight o'clock eastern prime time lebron Kawhi. And we're going to get into that game in just a little bit later into the show. Because it may not be LeBron and Kawhi. It may not even be LeBron against Kawhi and Paul George. We will see. We're going to talk about that and uh, the load management debate that's coming up for the 14 billionth time. Uh, We're going to give our our spin on that just a little bit later. We have zero. And this time I do truly mean zero. We have no college football today. And I emphasize that because every time I say we're not going to do, it started with the draft thing, the NFL draft last season, the Kyler Murray draft, and we said we're not going to do any draft coverage, and then we did like 20 minutes. Uh, That was a special Avengers edition of the show. Our good friend of the show, Ben Babadook, stopped by. That was tons of fun. And then I think last week as well, I said we weren't going to do any college football, and then we did like 10, 15 minutes. But this week, we're seriously not. Okay, we're... I give you my word, we're not. But don't you fret, my duckies, because next week uh, it's going to be almost an almost an exclusive college football episode. Because next Thursday will be December 26th, one day removed from Christmas Day, and it will be two days before the college football playoff. So best believe we're going to get into that for sure, and then we're going to have some recap, I guess, or some reaction from the NBA games from the day prior, being Christmas Day. So next week will be tons of fun. It'll be real cozy. And the next week as well, we will pick our last college games of the season. We're going to pick the New Year's Six Bowl games. So we have that to look forward to next week. No college football this week. We will be doing NFL uh, today, and then obviously next week as well. So it won't be exclusively college football, but it will be, I would say, like three-fourths, maybe three-fifths college football next week. So that'll be lots of fun. This week, there's a lot of uh, NBA. There's a lot of NBA this week for today's episode. Uh, so that'll be tons of fun. No college football. A little bit of NFL. We're going to be picking our games as we always do, and then we're going to get into uh, uh, the juicy Christmas Day matchup, Lakers-Clippers. And there's already some trash talk. Doc Rivers taking some shots. At Le- Everyone's taking shots at the King this week. And there's a lot of people just really trying to 
tear down LeBron this week for no reason. So we're going to get into that definitely. But first, to start off the show, let's get into our NFL picks for the week. There's no games tonight. We've we've done it. We have defeated Thursday night football. There's no more Thursday night football for the rest of the year, um, except, I mean, barring any playoff games, because I think playoff games are kind of weird days, aren't they? Like, there's some games on Saturday, Sunday. I think there's sometimes some Thursday night games in the playoffs, right? Or, or am I making stuff up? I know there's definitely games on Saturday. I know for a fact there are some games. Rarely there are some playoff games on Saturday, but for the most part, they're on Sunday, and I think there may or may not be a playoff game on Thursday. I hope not, but for the regular season, and at least for the time being, there will no longer be any Thursday night games, so we're not going to be picking any games for tonight, but we will be picking games over the course of the week, and there are three games this Saturday uh, in the NFL, so we are getting started on, uh, and I think they literally call it a Saturday edition of Thursday night football, which I hate. Like, I'd rather just have it be Thursday night football straight up. Like, I don't need Thursday night football on any other night that's not Thursday. It doesn't make any sense. But again, I'm not in charge of things. So what can you do other than complain? Uh, so here we go. Or wait, first. Last week we went 2-1. Two and, two and one. Uh, We went 3-0 the week prior, so we weren't able to keep, to keep our win streak alive. But we did have a winning week. You cannot complain about that. We had the Ravens over the Jets. That was, that was a gimme. I'm not going to take too much pride in that one. And then we had the Rams over the Cowboys. And that may be one of the... Worst crowd noise picks uh, in recent history. The Cowboys just, I mean, rolling over the Los Angeles Rams. I, I, I mean, just an utter and complete beatdown that game was. And I, I truly was shocked. I, I really did not think the Cowboys were going to win that game. I mean, because usually I pick games and sometimes it's, I'm, I'm kind of on the fence, not quite sure. I, I felt pretty confident the Cowboys were going to lose on Sunday and they did anything but that, so they are still alive in the NFC East. Uh, you know, they, they have a reputation for doing that. The Cowboys like to drag things along. They like to make that, that, that final loss, that key loss at the end of the season, they like to make it that much more painful because they show flashes like this. They like to keep you, they like to keep you sticking around for just long enough, and then they always stick that dagger right in your heart. They always do it. So this was kind of on brand for the Cowboys to win last week as big as they did. Kind of get everyone back on back on the bandwagon a little bit, heading into Philly this week, and we're going to pick that game, so don't you worry. Lost that one because we had the Rams winning. And then finally, we had the Bills over the Steelers. And again, I thought that one was going to be a close game, though I felt the Bills were just going to be a little bit too much for the Steelers. And then uh, at the end of that game, that's exactly what it was. The Bills were just, they were just a little bit too powerful for the Steelers. I like the Steelers a lot. You know, I, I think it's very, um, uh, I think you can really, give the Steelers a lot of credit for being as good as they are. Um, as far as, you know, the, the injuries that they've had on essentially the entire offense. It's just a patchwork job, and they're, they're a very respectable football team. But the Bills, as I said last week, I think they are legitimate Super Bowl contenders. Now, what does that mean? I don't know. I mean, they, they're a top-five team in, in the league, potentially top six, seven. I would definitely put them in there. I like the Bills a whole lot. So with that, we will now be picking uh, our NFL games for this week. And speaking of those Buffalo Bills, they go to Foxborough to play the New England Patriots. This is going to be a very, very fun game to watch. 
I'm actually going to take, this may shock you, really. I'm kind of surprised at myself. I like the Bills to go into Foxborough and come out with a win. They very nearly beat the Patriots way back when. I believe it was week three or week four uh, in Buffalo. You can make an argument they should have won that game. They could have won that game. Well, they didn't, but they were still very much in that football game where the Buffalo Bills and the Patriots are reeling a little bit right now. And the Bills are red hot. I mean, the Bill, after, after destroying Dallas uh, on Thanksgiving Day, they have been red hot. I think this is a team that has no fear right now. They have all the momentum in the world. Uh, and it always feels strange to pick against the Patriots. And here, it feels bad to pick games incorrectly to begin with. Right, like it, it never feels good when you pick the Cowboys to lose and then they beat the Rams by 600 points at home. That does not feel good. What feels worse is picking a game incorrectly where you have something you know you should get, like the Patriots. We know the Patriots are good. Hashtag analysis, get ready for that hot take. The Patriots are a good football team. And then to pick against them and then be wrong... It's such a deflating feeling because if, if there's any one sure thing in the NFL, it's that the Patriots win a lot of ball games. And when you pick them to lose and then they end up winning like they always do, it just feels you feel 10 times worse because you should have had it. And I'm taking a huge, huge risk this week by having the Bills beating the Patriots. But I do think they're red hot right now. Um, and I'm, I'm rolling the dice here. This is how much I like the Bills. I think they go into Foxborough and get a win. Their defense is, is every bit as good as the Patriots' defense. I think Josh Allen makes some plays. Oh, man, I'm really asking for it now, huh? <laughs> I'm putting this game on Josh Allen. I'm, I'm really taking some big gambles this week. But I'm going to stick with my guns. I'm going to take the Bills to win in Foxborough over the Patriots. And then next Thursday, I'll be real defeated and sad about it. So uh, we have that to look forward to. And then next, we have uh, another divisional game. Another great game. Uh, Packers in Minnesota against the Vikings. The Packers clinch the NFC North with a win. The Vikings can... uh, I think they win the division with uh, the Packers losing out and the Vikings winning out, which, uh, you know, basically, if you're the Vikings, you got to be telling yourself, well, all we got to do is win one because you never go into a game assuming you're going to lose, right? Unless you're like Miami or, or Cincinnati. But for the most part, you go into every game thinking you're going to win, right? So if you're going to this game saying, okay, the Packers need to lose two, the Vikings need to win two, well, you play the Packers this week, so there's, you're halfway done even before the game gets started. So the Vikings, I mean, I think they have a somewhat of an advantage because if they take that mindset being we only need to win one game because we assume we're going to win this week, I think that takes a lot of pressure off of the Vikings. I like the Vikings to win this week against the Packers. They will be without Dalvin Cook. Now, way back when in September, August, you know, when I picked the uh, division winners and playoffs and all that stuff preseason, I had the Vikings winning the NFC North. And the reason I picked them to win the NFC North was because of Dalvin Cook specifically. I was all in on Dalvin Cook this year, and he's been a superstar in the Vikings are where they are now because of Dalvin Cook uh, in large part. Uh, They will be without him this week. Though I do think Kirk Cousins, man, I am really, really asking for it this week. I'm putting, I'm picking games because of Josh Allen and Kirk Cousins. I, wow, I I might be losing it a little bit here. But in all seriousness, the offense has got the wheels going. It's been a long time since Kirk Cousins was the reason the Vikings were losing games. He's been playing very well over the course of, I mean, three, four, five weeks. I mean, he's been good for a while now. I think we can kind of put to rest 
the Kirk Cousin memes. He's not a superstar. He's not dynamic. But, I mean, he's getting the job done. The Vikings are a very, very respectable. More than respectable. They're a very good team. They are also in Super Bowl contention, I feel. I think not enough people are talking about the Minnesota Vikings uh, because they are on the outside looking in right now uh, in the playoff. Or if anything, I think they're the second wild card team in. So people are kind of writing them off. They're a very good football team. And the Packers are another team that's kind of reeling. They don't have a lot of momentum uh, currently. And it's in Minnesota. Now, I know weather won't have any factor in that game because they do play in a dome. But I just think playing in front of the home crowd, I think that's a big boost for Minnesota. And obviously, you don't have to play in the weather uh, in Lambeau. It's so funny because you have a team in Minnesota where it's, I mean, it's one of the coldest cities in America. And we talk about them needing home field because they're not a team that plays in the cold very well. It's kind of ironic because they do play in a dome. So they don't get as many reps. And they're not used to playing in in cold, ugly, freezy, snowing games because they, they play indoors. So, I mean, it's kind of ironic that a team from Minnesota does not function well outdoors in the cold. But they will be nice and cozy uh, in the Dome this week at home. Wow, okay. Uh, Mario Andretti just drove by my uh, recording studio, I guess. Um, so I, I had the Vikings uh, beating the Green Bay Packers. Is his name Mario Andretti? I don't know. I don't, I don't know any racers. Um, Vin, what's his name? Dominic Toretto? That's who, that's who it was. Dom Toretto just drove by my house uh, a few moments ago. And then finally, this is the game, I, I think, maybe the most interesting game of the week. And it's funny because the two teams are terrible. The reason I say it's the most interesting because it has the most at stake, I feel. I think this is, this is a Week 17 game. This is an early playoff game in Week 16. We get it a week early. We get an early, early stocking stuffer, if you will. <laughs> um, we get the Cowboys on the road in Philly against the Eagles. And I said, okay, going back to, um, now that we've reached the end of the season, you know, it's time to look back at my early preseason predictions. And I got to say, again, we love to love to gas myself up here. Did really well picking division winners for the most part and then uh, division runners up, I guess. And one of them, if you remember way back when, the hardest one for me to pick was the NFC East. You can go back and find that episode. I don't know what I don't know what it's titled, but it will be something like NFL preseason picks or whatever. And then you know you, you go back and uh, look in September. It'll be around that time. But anyway, if you go back and listen, you want to fact check, be my guest. The hardest one for me to pick was going to be the NFC East because all these teams were no good. Ironically, usually you would think it would be a division where all the teams are so good it's hard to pick. No, the opposite. All the teams are so lousy. I don't know who can beat each other on any given Sunday. And I said in that episode, that very same episode, I didn't have a division winner in my notes because up to the very up to the recording that very moment I could not decide. And lo and behold, 16 weeks later, I face the exact same scenario. I don't have a winner in my notes here. I'm going to pick one. I'm not going to cop out and say the team who scores more points is going to win, but I mean, it's hard for me to pick this game. It truly, truly is. I don't have a winner. So this is going to be completely improvised. It's going to be live, sort of. I mean, you're going to be listening to it recorded. But as I'm doing the show right now, I, st- I don't know who I'm picking. I'm going to have to convince myself as I'm doing this segment. So I don't have a division winner in my notes. It's just Cowboys-Eagles, and I'm going to kind of debate both sides. So I'm going to play chess against myself. 
sort, I guess. Cowboys are red hot. Well, not red hot. They, they're coming off of their one and only win against an a opponent with a winning record this season, being the L.A. Rams last week, and they, they dominated that football game. There's no other way to put it. They dominated the Rams in, at home. I mean, there was no contest. And the Eagles... I mean, they had they got everything that they could handle from Washington and maybe should have lost that game. Carson Wentz made some ridiculous, I mean, MVP year. Now, he, he didn't win the MVP, but he should have that year when he got hurt. Um, was that his rookie year or was it first year starting? At, anyway, two, three years back, that was OG Carson Wentz against Washington. I mean, he took over that game, and they only won that game because of Carson Wentz. And that was against Washington. So... And I think we all feel like the Cowboys have the better roster. I think that's pretty safe to say. The Cowboys have the better team. I mean, flat out, they just do. They have the better roster. There's no really arguing that. And yet, this is again, there's no true favorite in this game. For me, other people will say it's going to be Dallas. A lot of people are picking Dallas. That's the majority. Everyone's picking the Cowboys because of what they saw against the Rams. But, has... have. Have the Cowboys taught you nothing? Have you learned nothing from the Dallas Cowboys? This is what they do. They win these games right before they're about to die. Right before. They like to keep you around and they give you a glimmer of hope and they show flashes that maybe they can make a run and they can flip the switch. This is what they do. We're talking about the Dallas Cowboys here. We're not talking about the Patriots. Oh, they've been struggling. Can they flip the switch? We're not talking about the Eagles who have struggled in recent years and then flip the switch come postseason time. We're talking about the Cowboys. Come on. I'm taking the Eagles at home. And I, I feel, and again, I'm not super confident about this. I'm not so much confident in the Eagles. I'm confident that the Cowboys are going to choke. They're going to choke like a dog in Philly because this is what they do. I mean, this is, we're just talking facts here. This is what they, they're known for this. And it's just a week early. How many times we saw three years in a row with the Cowboys in week 17, all home games, had an opportunity to win the division against, I don't remember the order, but it was against all division opponents, the Giants, the Eagles, and Washington. And for three years in a row, they lost week 17 at home. I mean, this is just a week early, and it just so happens it's, it's not in Dallas. I get that the Cowboys are better. They should win this game, and that's what everyone's saying. Well, if the Cowboys play the way they do against the Rams, that's the point. That's why the Cowboys are so frustrating is because they are a really good team. That's the point. That's why everyone wants Jason Garrett gone because they should be better, and they're not. They're going to lose against the Eagles. Okay, I'm just telling you right now, you can believe me, or you can, or or not, and we'll see how heartbroken you are on Sunday afternoon. If you, the sooner you come to terms with the Cowboys losing these games, which I mean, if you haven't come to terms with that that fact already, I mean, I, I don't know if I can help you. But the sooner you come to terms with the, the fact that they're losing this Sunday, the easier it'll be for you. If you want to hold out hope, that's fine. That is fine. I'm trying. I try to help you. Can't say I didn't try to help you because you're going to be awful sad on Sunday afternoon. The Cowboys are not winning on Sunday. And again, they are the better team. They are clearly the better team. And, you know, they have, they're known for losing these games. 
And what is the incentive for them to win this game anyway? You get to play San Francisco in the first round of the playoffs. If it's not now, it's just, you're just delaying the inevitable. Just get it over now like a band-aid. Just rip it off. Just let's just do it right now. Why do you want to go to the postseason anyway? You're you're gonna lose the San. If it's not Philly, it's gonna be San Francisco. So uh, I I think they're gonna lose this week anyway. I'm taking the Eagles. And again, I picked the Eagles to win the division because of this football game. They call me the psychic. Way back when, when I was picking the NFC East, I said it was probably going to come down to this game. Cowboys-Eagles. And I think I said the exact same thing way back when in September. The Cowboys lose these games. If it comes down to a game for the division, in field, they're not even at home this time. They're on the road. Are you investing your trust in the Cowboys? or the Eagles, who are a big game team. They struggled, yes, and they've been hurt all year long, but the Eagles have shown a recent history of playing, showing up to play in these big games. I'm taking the Eagles. I'm sticking with my, uh, my guns from way back when in September. I picked the Eagles to win the division. I'm not going to hide from that now. I'm taking, the, taking them to win this Sunday. So now let's move to the NBA. where we have. I'm looking ahead. We have a really good game tonight. Lakers Bucks on TNT that's going to be another good game potentially a finals preview but everyone I mean it can't be a finals preview because again I don't like people say finals preview or playoffs preview because it's one game we play series in basketball it's not a true preview it's only one game it's so that it has nothing there's no relation between the regular season and the postseason because you play in a series you see each other up to seven times within two weeks or a week and a half. So I, I don't know about finals preview, but it is going to be a very fascinating game tonight. Uh, that is Lakers-Bucks on TNT, I believe, 8 p.m. Eastern, I want to say. And then after that, I think it's Rockets-Clippers. That's going to be another. So a great night of basketball tonight. It is a ball night tonight, Thursday, December 19, 2019. But I am more excited. I'm going to watch tonight. But I am more excited for Christmas Day. Because I think that one is a guarantee. I'm not going to say playoff preview, but I think it's almost guaranteed that these two teams are on a collision course with each other. We get Lakers Clippers. The battle for LA. There's already been there's already a rivalry. Lakers Clippers obviously being the two teams in LA. But they've never their pads have never crossed. I don't know if they've ever met in the postseason, and I don't know if they've ever met in a meaningful postseason series. All postseason series are meaningful, but I don't know if they've met in like the conference finals, or I don't know if it's ever been this uh, hyped up, I guess you could say. I don't know if there's ever been, the competition level between the two has ever been this close. For 90% of the NBA's history, it's been the Lakers have been the top dogs. Now we had the Lob City era, that's the other 10% where the Clippers were superior, they didn't get anything done. But this is the one time, I think the first time in maybe NBA history and L.A. basketball history where the two franchises, you could say, are maybe uh, on par with each other if we're looking at one seed. We're not comparing history. I mean, come on. I mean, we're comparing right now the two teams this season. They're about on par with each other, I would say. Still early in the season at this point. Yes, the Lakers have a better record. But again, we're in December. They're a long way to go. I would say they're about on par with each other uh, for the most part. So this is a big game. It's a very, very big game. Clippers take one, uh, round one opening night uh, in what is, I mean, technically their home floor. It's both of their home floors, but uh, it was a Clippers home game that opening night. And so the first, the games that they have played have all been 
big marquee games. They weren't just random Tuesday nights. You have the opening night, and I don't know. Now that I say that, I think opening night might have been on a Tuesday. But it wasn't just a random regular season game. You get what I'm trying to say. It was opening night. It's the first game of the season. That's, that's big. And then you have Christmas Day, prime time, 8 o'clock. I mean, that is, that's huge. So they, they've both been big games. And I think they're on a collision course to meet each other. As if all of that weren't enough to sell you. Doc Rivers kind of lighting a fire a little bit and, and uh, taking some shots at LeBron. It started, and it wasn't necessarily started by LeBron. Like, he wasn't taking shots necessarily at the Clippers. But uh, Kawhi Leonard is Mr. Load Management himself. I mean, I think, I think we're all okay with that assessment. He is the number one user of load management in the NBA. I think we're all okay with that. Um, and they didn't ask him, what do you think about Kawhi? What do you think about the Clippers? They asked LeBron, what do you think about load management? And this segment was actually supposed to be the quote of the week, um, but I thought it was just too too good for the quote of the week. I thought it was a little bit better than that. I'd like to get it into the show. And also, we have another quote that I thought was pretty good, and I thought that one had a little bit less filler, so it wasn't really going to work in the middle of the show. But anyway, here we go. Uh, LeBron says... Why wouldn't I play if I'm healthy? It doesn't make any sense to me. My obligation is to play. And then Doc Rivers responds less than 24 hours after that. They asked him, what do you think about LeBron's philosophy about playing you know, and not using load, load management? Doc Rivers says, it's our philosophy to use load management. Uh, I think theirs is whatever LeBron says it is. Ooh, okay, here we go. Just like that, as if there were, the rivalry was not was not spicy enough for you. Doc Rivers throwing a little cayenne pepper on that, uh, make it a little bit more spicy. You already have this Christmas Day game coming up. You already have been, not forgotten, but the Lakers have been the team of the NBA this year. What I mean by that is they're not, I wouldn't say head and shoulders definitively better than everyone else, but they are definitely, Definitively more exciting and more fun than everyone else. There's no more talked about team in the league than the Lakers. And that's usually true for most seasons. But for this year, they're actually good. So that, that chatter is warranted for the Los Angeles Lakers. You have all that working against you for the Clippers. And then you want to throw this salt into the wound. You want to start this. Look, I think there was already so much pressure on the Clippers for trying to compete with the Lakers just in terms of popularity in the city. Obviously, you have, you're going to compete with them over the course of the se- season being in the same division. You're going, you're going to see them in the postseason. There's no way that this does not happen. The Lakers and the Clippers will find each other in the postseason one, uh, some way, somehow. And I think they use the load management uh, as an out do the Clippers. Here's what I think. This is, like I said, this is, this is going to be one of the biggest games of the regular season this year in the NBA. Lakers, Clippers, Christmas Day. I think the Clippers are going to find a way to sour this game. I think they're going to find a way to ruin this basketball game for the NBA. So by some miracle, I, I think Kawhi rolls an ankle. I think Paul George 
tweaks his shoulder over the course of the week. I'm not saying that I want to see that happen. Don't twist my words around. But what I'm trying to say is I think they find a way to duck the Lakers. They're taking these little shots, these little darts at the Lakers, uh, Doc Rivers. And I think somehow, because the Clippers, I don't know how many games that Kawhi and Paul George have actually even played together. It is a rare sighting that you see the both of them on the floor. They played with each other against the Timberwolves the other night. Um, and again, I don't watch every Clippers game. But that was the first game that I saw with both Kawhi and Paul George. I don't know how many games that they have both played together because they both use the load management. And it's really, as Doc Rivers says, the first part is true. It is their philosophy. This is what they do. They do rest their stars, the two of them that they have. They do rest Kawhi and Paul George often. And so I think you're, they're going to find a way to rest both Kawhi Leonard and Paul George because of the pressure. If you take those two out of the equation, the Lakers steamroll the clip. That, that's a 30-point game. The Lakers have been beating everyone. If you take Kawhi and Paul George off of uh, the Clippers and you roll out Patrick Beverly and Montrez Harrell, good luck trying to beat the Lakers uh, on Christmas Day. I think that takes, up, that takes the pressure off of them. Because if you roll those two guys out and you lose, then things really start to snowball for the Lakers. I mean, they, they, that's a huge statement game. Even though they did beat them on opening day, it was the first game of the season. First time LeBron and AD had ever played with each other in a meaningful game. Not a lot of pressure in that game. This is kind of, we're just approaching the midway point. And again, the midway point is, is um, closer to end of January, February, around the All-Star break. But we're getting to the point now where teams are becoming who they really are. It's, it's getting a little late to say it's still early. So if the Clippers lose this game at full strength, you know, well into the season, I think this starts to raise a lot of questions. Uh, it start, Kawhi has to deal with a lot of questions. You have to deal with now... Look, Kawhi never... He didn't, he didn't play against LeBron last year. He basically didn't play against uh, Kevin Durant. He did go through the Greek Freak. I will give him that. But in the one game, the one half that Kevin Durant played in, they, lo- they lose that game. So you're going to have to see LeBron in AD in this postseason. And I think this is a way for them to duck the questions uh, and to duck the pressure a little bit. I think the Clippers are going to find a way to sit Paul George uh, and Kawhi Leonard on Christmas Day. I'm still going to watch that game. I mean, what else am I going to do on Christmas Day? That's what you do. You watch basketball. You watch the NBA on Christmas Day. But I think they're going to find a way to take, take the pressure off of themselves. I don't think they'll roll out the two guys and then I, I think it'd be even worse if they just roll out one guy because then you're just putting all the pressure in the world on one player. I think they both find a way to miss that game. I really do. And then later on in the season, the, you know, the, this is what they're already setting the precedent for this. Well, it's our philosophy. We don't, you know, there are no serious games in the regular season. Every game is just it's just another game. We use load management. Um, so yeah, Christmas Day. Who who cares? It's another game. So I think they find a way to duck LeBron and AD. Now let's look at the second half of that quote. I think theirs is whatever LeBron says it is. I mean, Doc Rivers is getting, uh, he's getting a little salty over there on the other side of Staples Center. Why are you taking shots at LeBron? Where the heck did that come from? I mean, I don't know why in the world he thinks it was a good idea to start throwing darts 
uh, at LeBron James. And Frank Vogel, like Frank Vogel is just a, a, a doormat uh, for LeBron. Yes, LeBron has a history of, of you know, let's, let's, let's be frank. He, he dominates and he overrides coaches. That's, that's, that's just a fact. But I will say, the one person that no one is giving any, any credit to for the Lakers being as good as they are is Frank Vogel. And I said when they hired him, this guy, no one's giving him a chance. He can coach. Frank Vogel is a very good coach, specifically on the defensive end. And what is the Lakers' bread and butter? Defense. This is what they do. They're statistically amongst the best teams in the league defensively. Obviously, you add Anthony Davis, your team's going to be better defensively. But Frank Vogel adds the schemes and adds the, the game planning that just puts that over the top. He has truly unlocked Anthony Davis. LeBron James is locking guys up. He is making a commitment to play some uh, hard-nosed defense this season. No one is talking about Frank Vogel. And I, I don't think he appreciates Doc Rivers taking shots at him either. And again, going back to the Clippers trying to duck the Lakers, they can build this game up. But then if they take their stars out of it, they, that gives them the out. Well, we didn't have, we, our two guys weren't healthy. Who cares if you won? And I think they're trying to find a way to avoid playing this big game. By throwing these shots in there, they want the Lakers to take this game more seriously. Than, and it's a big game. This isn't Game 7 of the NBA Finals, but it is a big statement game, uh, as I have said before. And I think the Clippers are going to find a way to sit both Paul George and Kawhi. If they don't, if they don't, then, then we win. I mean, who cares? If they don't, then that's great because then we get the marquee matchup that we want. And then we will have a truer assessment of both the Lakers and the Clippers. But I think that's why they will avoid that game because they don't... There, there's more pressure on the Clippers right now, I feel, because of the load management scenario. So it's like you, you rest your guys right throughout the season... And then when you have these big games, you didn't show up and perform. And LeBron, by the way, and Anthony Davis, they're not taking games off, and they were able to win this game. So I think the Clippers will, uh, again, use load management to their advantage a little bit more than they should. And I don't, I'm not against load management. I'm really not. You know, I, I'm not against resting players. I think it's a smart thing to do. But when you're taking 20, 30 games off in the season – that's a little bit overkill. And I think you're trying to avoid a little bit of the pressure that is set on these championship caliber teams. And as far as Doc Rivers, not necessarily talking trash. I guess it is kind of talking trash a little bit. Taking shots at LeBron and uh, Frank Vogel. And they had the best record in the NBA. I don't think that's the wisest thing to do. And we will see tonight just how well the Lakers play against the other team with the best record in the NBA, the Milwaukee Bucks. And if they were to beat the Bucks, it starts to add even more pressure. I think the Lakers will cement themselves as the best team in the league. If they were, win, if they were to win tonight, they'd have the best record and they would have beaten the other, the best team in the East by far. That, that's a huge win for the Lakers. And I don't know where the Clippers have gotten this, this sense of self-fulfillment. Like they have nothing to prove. The reason why the Lakers aren't using load management is because they are hungry and they have a lot to prove as well. What have the Lakers done? This group of Lakers hasn't won anything as the Lakers. Yes, LeBron is a three-time NBA champion. I get it. But on the Lakers, he's done nothing. Anthony Davis has never won an NBA title. The only one who's won a ring 
is Rajon Rondo. And again, or excuse me, yeah, LeBron as well. But they have not won a ring, a championship together as the Lakers. They have a lot to prove. And they're playing like it. And the Clippers give off this mentality like we, don't, we have nothing to prove. We know who we are. They have not won anything together either. Despite Kawhi Leonard being two-time finals MVPs, never won with the Clippers. Paul George has never won, period. And they're taking games off like it couldn't mean any less to them. Now on to the quote of the week, which is essentially, I will admit, it's almost the same exact segment. And it's why I was kind of struggling, struggling a little bit to kind of put a linear episode together because this is almost the exact same thing in terms of the content. But here we go. Here we go. We do. Uh, we get the best quote that I heard throughout the week. And this week there were plenty of candidates, as you can see. We had two candidates in the last segment, and then we have obviously this one that I'm going to put on the quote of the week here. But the reason why I put this here because I think there's a little bit less uh, filler here. And maybe you'll see why. Quote, we didn't give a expletive about LeBron. Kevin Garnett on the Celtics against the Cavs uh, in the Eastern Conference Finals playoffs throughout the years when every year they would just they would just beat up on LeBron, the, uh, the Boston Three Party, right? Garnett, Paul Pierce, and Ray Allen. Uh, and again, I don't get where any of this is coming from. Everyone's taking shots at the King right now. I don't know. Everyone's just trying to trying to make fun of LeBron and make him feel bad. I mean, what else is new, right? But everyone's trying to tear down LeBron right now. First, Doc Rivers is taking shots at him, and then Kevin Garnett is taking shots at him. Those guys from Boston truly do not like LeBron James for whatever reason. They just do not like this guy. And uh, you see, these are are two quotes within the same week of each other. Everyone's trying to get at LeBron right now. I don't know why. I don't know what, I mean, basketball basketball rivalries are, are great and they're intense. But Magic and Bird are, are actually pretty close friends. And I don't think the Cavs-Celtics rivalry is anywhere close to that. And we still have guys throwing darts at LeBron for no reason. So he says he's on Bill Simmons' podcast, which is not as good as the Crowd Noise podcast. He says that, you know, we, we beat up on LeBron. We broke him. We, kick him. we kicked him out of Cleveland. And he, we didn't believe for one second that he could beat uh, all five of us being their starting five. I believe it was Rajon Rondo. Ray Allen, Paul Pierce, Garnett, and then Sheed Wallace. Stack, one of the all, one of the all-time teams. And in 2010 specifically, because that was the last time LeBron ever played. Well, not ever, but that was the last time LeBron played in Cleveland before heading to Miami and then back to Cleveland again. Um, and he's saying, yeah, well, he couldn't beat all five of us. No. No, he couldn't. Of course not. Of course he couldn't. There was three Hall of Famers on that team. Kevin Garnett, Paul Pierce, Ray Allen, potentially four. Rondo, Rondo may be a borderline Hall of Famer if he accrues enough number, if he accrues the, the stats. And then he had a Hall of Fame coach, Doc Rivers as well. No, of course he couldn't. And he'd still push those teams to six and seven games. And mind you, why did you form that team in the first place, Mr. The Big Ticket, because you couldn't get it done by yourself in Minnesota. And so I've, I've never, ever, ever taken away from guys going to quote-unquote super teams, assembling rosters. No one has ever won it by themselves. Nobody. No one. Magic had Kareem and James Worthy. Bird had McHale. Jordan had Pippen. Kobe had Shaq, and Shaq had Kobe. Every, and LeBron had D-Wade, and then he had Kyrie. 
and now he's got Anthony Davis. No one can do it by themselves. It's impossible. It's impossible. Allen Iverson, he, I mean, most do- one of the most dominant se- individual seasons in the NBA history, he gets stomped in five games against Shaq and Kobe because it was Iverson and nobody on that Sixers team. They couldn't get it done. And so Kevin Garnett, who, I mean, was in Minnesota and was a superstar. I'm not taking it away from Kevin Garnett, Hall of Famer. He's actually uh, his first year eligible on the Hall of Fame ballot this upcoming uh, season. Or not upcoming, this season. It's his first year eligible in the Hall of Fame. And he's going to get it, and he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. And he couldn't win in Minnesota by himself because it's impossible to win as a one-man wrecking crew in the NBA. And so to throw darts at LeBron, oh, he, we knew he couldn't beat us. We were too much for him. And then he goes to Miami, and then he starts steam. He, they beat him one time. They did beat him once in Miami. And then they had that game, that, that legendary photo where, you know, LeBron, it's that, I don't know how to describe it. I think it was like the Lion Eyes photo or something like that. I believe it was like game six. The, the Heat were down 3-2 against the Celtics. And LeBron just goes dummy game six, forces game seven, and then they win that series. And I, I don't understand the, the, the arrogance in this quote. Of course he couldn't beat you. It was LeBron and Ilagoskis against Garnett, Ray Allen, Paul Pearson is prime. Two years removed from an NBA title. The Celtics, I mean, they were for real back in the day. The, the, that, the Boston Three Party, they were no joke. And then to try and take away, and he didn't say it in this quote, but he has in the past. Everyone's torn down LeBron for assembling the super team in Miami. What was he supposed to do? You did it. Kevin Garnett went to Boston and formed formed a super team. He did. You can spin it however way you want to. That was a super team. There were three Hall of Famers on that team, including a Hall of Fame coach. And they won one title. They won one title. LeBron won twice. Uh, with Miami. Then he went back to Cleveland and won another one. But Boston keeping that core intact, they only got to one. And LeBron had no choice but to fight fire with fire. They got a gang over there in Boston. It's it's only fair that I assemble, you know, nothing short of me and my dogs in, in Miami. And so to say, you know, we broke LeBron. I'd say since... He left Cleveland the first time. He's doing pretty well for himself. I don't necessarily think you broke him, Kevin Garnett. I think you broke that team, sure, that roster, because it needed to be broken. But I, I don't think it can go unsaid how impressive it is that LeBron got that far with those teams. They were, those teams were awful. They were terrible. And we talk about it a lot. We know when he, when he got swept by San Antonio in his first NBA Finals, that team was, quite frankly, lucky to be there. And LeBron... drug that team, dragged that team, kicking and screaming through the playoffs. And eventually it was just too much. You had Prime Duncan and Tony Parker. And again, another super team. Parker, Duncan, Ginobili, Popovich. Come on. I mean, are we really going to take away from LeBron for getting beat by Boston? And who is Boston to be so high and mighty? All they did was win one. They won one title. And again, you know that, sure, that was one of the all-time teams, the 08 Celtics. And they did win an NBA title. They deserve all the respect in the world. But then once LeBron got a crew together, 
I'm just gonna I'm just gonna leave that sentence. You can fill in that sentence for yourself. I think we all know what happened. Once LeBron finally got a respectable roster, Kevin Garnett wasn't doing much after that. That's gonna bring us to the end of this week's episode. I appreciate you guys stopping by and sticking around. I really, really do. It means a lot if you guys could share the Crowd Noise podcast with your friends, family, acquaintances, uh, lovers, pets, whoever it may be. If you share the Crowd Noise podcast, it is always greatly appreciated. I want to wish you guys a very Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays. Uh, we will have an episode next week that is, I mean, we're going to have one for sure. Don't worry about it. Um, but it will be after Christmas, so I want to wish you guys, um, you know, Happy Holidays. And then we'll have, we'll have like some New Year's stuff. Next. Oh, that's right. Next year we have, or next year, next week we have... Our top 10 moments, plays, stuff of the decade next week. I forgot about that as well. Next week's going to be a very fun show. So uh, make sure make sure you catch next week's episode for sure. It's going to be tons of fun. I, I, for one, cannot wait for next Thursday, the 26th. That's going to be tons of fun. Enjoy the game games tonight, Lakers, Bucks, and enjoy the games on Christmas with your friends and your family. Cozied up by the fire watching Lakers, Clippers. That's going to be... I mean, blockbuster television, and I will talk to you guys next week.